21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. I'm Mandy Gilbert. Um, I'm founder and CEO of a specialized recruitment company called Creative Me. Um, it's purely specialized in advertising, marketing, digital design. So uh, we work with all kinds of different companies in, in Canada and US. Um, I started it back in 2002. So um, I'm in my 19th year. Almost. Excuse me, be, before 2008? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 2002. So, yeah, so. that's a chapter in the book. Um, for ah, sure. it is. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that 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 created a ton of, of gray hairs and sleepless mm. nights for sure. That lovely year. Um, I'm also an investor, and um, I am a columnist with Inc. So I have a weekly column with Inc. where I talk about all things relating to building culture. Um, some HR topics, so mostly around um, hiring and retaining great talent, um, as well as some entrepreneurial topics that can that are really uh, that really range. Um, I'm also a mom to two amazing um, boys, uh, 15 and 12 year old guys, and um, yeah, so it's a big and you, life. And and your and your day is actually 48 hours. <laughs> My day is. <laughs> Some of my days do feel like 48 hours, for sure. Uh, when I'm engaged and I'm super busy, when I'm having like a distracted day, it probably is that long, but probably not very productive. <laughs> do you have time for any sports activities or, or meditation or? I'm normally quite active. Um, but in Toronto, um, like many places, we've been shut down for quite some time, but pre COVID. So during COVID, I managed to kind of get in shape and really, uh, move the needle in some areas. And then I managed to really get out of shape and, uh, and totally neglect it. So there's not been a ton of consistency, but before that, um, I was, uh, it was pretty active. I I've always loved tennis. And so I kind of made a commitment last year that if I, if I don't invest more time in training, um, and I, if I keep putting it off, then, um, when I do make time, I might not be able to, to, to move as well. So, um, I was getting into tennis and I was actually kind of getting good. And, uh, so I'm going to have to kind of do a restart. Um, maybe yeah, you so. can play it on PlayStation or Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just well, to keep up with, uh, you know. just to keep up. So now, you know, like so many people, um, especially those that are running businesses and also uh, homeschooling, um, you know, finding that balance um, and trying to differentiate, you know, your work life from your home life at your home when there's so much going on has been incredibly difficult. Um, I'm gonna be honest, I haven't had much of a routine. Um, in fact, you know, um, because I work with so many executives and CEOs in my role, many of them aren't traveling like they used to. So they're really diving deeper into their work. <laughs> and so, you know, we're so fortunate and, and grateful, but we are so busy. We are so incredibly busy. So, um, so I'll say that balance has been tricky as of late and trying to figure out how to navigate 
um, our new realities, right? It, it's been an interesting one, but uh, yeah. So no routines on this end. Well, that's very interesting. I mean, most of most of people that I spoke with have some kind of routine. So um, how would you describe it? No routine. You know, I, I think you have so. VA. You know, you I have... am I'm actually, you know, diagnosed ADD. No, no, and... you have virtual assistant. No. 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 Oh, no, no. I was just I just wanted to, to expand on that because I think mm -hmm. that you know, with that, it is a matter of like, you know, where you get your energy and, and, and changing things up a lot. So a lot of my days don't look necessarily like the other. Um, in terms of my support, I have a ton of support. Uh, actually, it's, you know, it's a chapter in my book, just talking about the importance of not only investing in yourself, but investing in hiring a fabulous executive assistant um, to help you focus on the things that you really should be focusing on and not dropping too much down into scheduling um, and you know executing some things within the business um, and helping you even in your personal life. It's been instrumental to me um, and, um, and I'm a huge advocate that at a certain point for every entrepreneur should definitely make that investment. It's, it's a game changer. Yeah, so I'm, I'm super fortunate. Uh, to have such a great support system. How would you uh, define your inner state? Is it a peaceful one? Do, do you feel peace, or do you have different state based on on a, on, well, I mean, my, on a daily basis? Intro, I, I talked a little bit about my life, so I do have a very big life. I have a lot of going on. So in addition to that, I'm mentoring anywhere between 10 and 15 entrepreneurs. I sit on a couple of boards. I'm a very active member within YPO. Um, so I will say that, um, you know, my, my interstate would be one definitely of peace. Um, you know, I'm usually working on something that gives me energy. And if, if I'm working on something that's not giving me energy at this state in my career um, and my life, I will either discontinue it or I will delegate it um, because you, you need that uh, to fuel, I think, your, your fire and your um, ability to think creatively um, and your ability to kind of give value back to yourself, but your, to your company, to, to, to all aspects of your life. Um, and so for me, you know, I, um, I, like I said, I'm almost in my 19th year. I've had to weather many a storm, some more significant than others. And I've had to grow up as an entrepreneur and become a better leader and just become a lot more self-aware. So at this point in my career, there's not too much that rattles me um, or creates some, some imbalance there. Um, and I'm usually trying to always look at what could be down the line. What are things we need to take into consideration? Do we need to triage the business? Do we need to triage the relationship? Um, what kind of contingencies can we put in place? What's in our control? What's out of our control? Um, just so you can kind of make sure that you do um, maintain that peace of mind and you're working with reality versus worst case scenario in your mind. What kind of personality traits and skills entrepreneur need to have for being successful one. persistence focus focusing awareness yeah 
um, all of those. And I would say, you know, you have to, you have to have a lot of passion because it's got to carry you through because you're going to, you're going to face rejection. You're going to, you're going to face obstacles and late nights and, and probably what you project for yourself by a timeline in terms of where you're going to be in success. It's usually less than half in my experience. We can have rose colored glasses on and think like it's going to be amazing. And it just takes three times longer to get there and it's 10 times harder. So you have to have grit, you know, you have to get, you have to have grit to, um, to get through those tough days and overcome obstacles because, you know, what you start out with, you know, may change over time based on feedback, based on, uh, opportunity, uh, you know, demand. So if you're too set on and rigid, um, and, and not wanting to get that feedback and, and constant, constantly be served, you know, some sort of humble pie in one way or the other, um, and kind of bounce back and be resilient. Um, you know, it, it's, it, unless you're signed up for all of that, not what you perceived what an entrepreneur is and all the great things that can come out of it. Um, and there are, it's, it, you know, for me, I, I, I'm so fortunate and I'm so glad I went down this path, um, but it's not been easy. You know, it's, it's not been easy. So you've got to really love what you're doing. You have to have an open mind and you've got to have a ton of grit and, um, and be prepared for um, maybe perhaps um, more time to achieve your, your results and your, your desired outcomes. It's not an easy path to go in, but it can be hugely rewarding, not only for, you know, yourself, but for your employees. Um, you know, if you're philanthropically engaged on impact, it could be a great way to contribute back positively to your community or to society. Um, so, you know, it's a really great thing, but it's not for everyone. Where is the line between entrepreneurship and corporate world? Everyone can have an entrepreneurial mindset. And I've seen individuals within companies that are doing really innovative things. They're getting budget to uh, come up with new concepts. Um, they're taking initiative to move things forward. They're sitting on committees um, to help innovate on the product or the offering. And so I think everyone can have an entrepreneurial mindset. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to think entrepreneurially. I think the, the line between having a corporate role and being an entrepreneur, um, you know, big jobs, and they've gone to start businesses and they started off day one with a huge amount of funding and a really great board and the ability to hire an A team out of the gates. And so I think in, in that scenario, it could be very successful because they've surrounded themselves by um, individuals who can help guide them. And they already have a bit of a, you know, advisory board. They have financial support to take chances. And if they fail, it's not as though they're not going to not make their, their payment, um, you know, and lose their house or, or what have you. Um, so that scenario I've seen work really well, or somebody who's left, you know, corporate who had another idea, um, nothing to do with their job. And I have so many different examples of individuals doing that. And where it's just, it was like just a passion, like a pure passion. And it was their passion project. And they just thought to hell with that. I don't want to work here anymore. I don't like my, I don't like what I do. I don't like the leadership. 
right? I, I don't like the inflexibility it offers. I don't feel, I feel stifled, right? And they just go out and they, you know, they join an entrepreneurial, whether it's an incubator of some sort, um, or they, they have some security so they can invest, you know, time and money into their own idea. And, you know, it turns into something amazing. And there's so many incredible stories like that. Um, we think it might be very difficult as for somebody to leave a big corporate job, right? And mostly in corporate jobs, lots of employees, lots of infrastructure. Um, so if you are in marketing per se, you're not thinking about payroll. You're not thinking about, you know, you're not thinking about financial stuff. You're not necessarily, although you might've supported sales, you've never actually picked up a phone or went and had to do a networking event and try to drum up new business, ask for referrals, anything to keep the lights on. Um, so I think that that might be a bit of shell shock for somebody to come from so much infrastructure and support and security to being purely exposed, having to do everything and uh -huh. dropping your venture where everything's on the line for you. That, that might be incredibly difficult, not impossible, but um, I think that would be that would be a tough one. And competition from all around the world, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. From, from platforms, even from platforms like Upwork or... Fiverr also goes in the direction of having high ticket offers as well. What's your company market position? Canada and US. So, um, um, I, you know, I believe I mentioned, I do mention this in, in the book, but I did have an office in Amsterdam for a few years, mm -hmm. um, uh, which we decided, uh, I decided it just wasn't working, um, you know, for a number of reasons. And so focusing more on, focusing more on, on the US and, and Canada just made more sense. We've actually, we've worked in Asia throughout Europe and we work with a lot of global clients, whether in there in New York or in Canada. So a lot of global mandates or positions uh, we would fill. I think when you're in the recruitment profession, it's, it, it does require a unique person because you work with so many different organizations and you have to really, I mean, I'm talking more on the executive search side. So we have three areas that we work, whether it be temporary, full-time or exec search, but and they all have different kind of challenges and ways you work. But, you know, you're doing a ton of interviewing, but more than that, you know, we have a responsibility to really understand what our clients are hoping to achieve. Like, you know, what are their goals? What are some of their challenges? Um, what is aspirational to them, what's not worked. And so you have to have a business brain to get in there and understand and also coach them because they might think that they're looking for a certain profile. But once you understand exactly the history and where they want to go, you've got to make recommendations. And so a lot of our role um, when we're working on, on senior uh, placements is working with executives and providing them insights, some intel, what are progressive companies doing? What are some other options? What's another way you can tackle this? Um, and coach them along the process, but then we have to go and we're often working on emerging positions. So it's very much a talent market. You know, you get one shot to talk to the right person. Um, and so, you know, it's our 
our role is to get candidates who are getting contacted constantly. They're not possibly looking for a role. They're gainfully employed and really sell them, get in front of them and sell them the opportunity, but in a very genuine and transparent and real way. Um, so you're never misrepresenting the opportunity. It is what it is, but we think that you'd be a great candidate for it. And this is why, and this is why we should talk about it. And so it's really making that match uh, for long-term success is tricky. It's not, it's not tricky to send profiles to clients and all of that. It's the quality of job and it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting. And also, you know, when you're working with humans, there's always surprises. Really? Hey, there's, there's pleasant surprises for sure. But sometimes you get, you know, um, deals can fall apart very quickly. You had no idea the candidate was not honest with you that they had a couple of other offers on, on, on the line through, through another source. And so, you know, that can throw you off. So, you know, that goes back to contingency planning, making sure clients are spoiled for choice. They have a number of different candidates, um, you know, that they could see hiring. Um, and if not, you have a pipeline to replace it. And so again, that's just through maturity and, and through going through things, then you innovate internally and you change your process in your way that you work. But as a profession, it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of active listening, um, and it's a lot of perseverance and creativity. Um, and, um, but it's, you know, if you have the right personality for it, it gives you a tremendous amount of energy. It's hugely rewarding. Um, you know, you're, you're advancing careers, you're helping advance businesses, um, and you make hopefully a positive impact. And then as a business, we do a lot of stuff philanthropically, which is great too. Um, and that gives back in another, you know, in another way. By the way, when you go shopping, do you analyze people around yourself? <laughs> when I go shopping? Yeah. No. Or out I, to, to no. take coffee or like, do, <laughs> no. do you see small clowns with... Uh, <laughs> Curriculum vita or bios? <laughs> no, I certainly don't. I'm totally checked out. But I will tell you in social settings, after um, if anyone's had a glass of wine or something, they want to they want to talk to you, and they almost want an assessment of who they are and would I hire them and would I recommend them, or um, they want to share with you as soon as they find out what you do you would be surprised. You feel like a celebrity at an event because people want to talk. This is how much I'm getting paid. Um, should I move on? What courses should I take? What should be my five-year plan? And so, yeah, but I will tell you when I'm on my personal time, I'm, I'm, I'm totally checked out. I am just in my personal time. I understand um, you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because it's a, it's a pretty big, pretty big, pretty full job. Yeah. What's the percentage of your day spent on speaking, on communication? I'm not, you know, um, I've got, a, we've got a great team. We have a, a around, like, we're at 22 people now. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not doing a lot of the interviewing. I'm working more with the, uh, the executives on more of our more senior mandates or our, our larger engagements. Um, and, you know, I do have me, I have days, you know, so talking about routines, one thing that I do um, when possible is I will cluster like a meeting day 
And I will also like, I will almost make that meeting day back to back. And, and then after the meeting day, I work with my EA and if it's possible, my next day will be at least a half, if not two thirds of the day, I will have no meetings. And so that will allow me to do all my thinking, you know, and oftentimes we don't actually ever book time to think and uh, it's incredibly important. So, um, you know, I like to just think. And so sometimes it's, you know, thinking about the conversations, what are system solutions? Um, what's something that we could do down the line and start kind of working on those and then get them handed off to a certain point when I, I'll take them to a certain point and then I've got to delegate it on to, to, to get it completed. Um, so, you know, that's how I'll work. A day of meetings and then a day of like thinking and actually doing work um, if I can. You know, sometimes that's not always possible but I just find in days in which I have meetings, if I have meeting and then a half hour window and, and as soon as I start to focus on something, I've got to start preparing for another meeting. And so it's really disruptive and it's not, it's not very helpful and in, in feeling like you're effective. Any you know, challenges? No, 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 <laughs> no challenges. Um, of course, you know, I probably, um, I'm, I'm really loving, you know, working with entrepreneurs. So that's something where I spend some time. And um, now that my, my book is done, which has taken uh, longer than anticipated, it's like a home renovation. It's going to take twice as long and be 40% more, you know? So um, yeah, so it took a bit longer. I also do a, a lot of professional speaking. And so, you know, that's something I really enjoy and I'd like to do more of. Um, and now, you know, I, when things resume and we have conferences again, and we're back together again, I'm looking forward to doing, um, more of that for sure. Mm -hmm. So there'll be lots, there'll be lots in the future. Uh, you gotta just keep, keep it open mind, right? Not overcommit. Yes. Uh, but, uh, keep an open mind and, and yeah. The book was inspired by, um, after doing so much public speaking over the years, my audience has primarily been entrepreneurs. And I was never one that really thought or really wanted to be a public speaker. It was never on my list. I never went to a conference and thought, oh, I would love to be them on stage. Actually, the opposite. I want to be one of those weirdos. <laughs> right um so i um i don't actually enjoy being you know the center of attention you know i never have um what happened was you know i got invited uh somebody dropped out to be um to be talking about you know hiring or something on a panel and then i was on that panel and then i got an invitation to more panels and then a keynote and then so many keynotes and i got signed on uh, for a big company in Canada to go across the country and talk to thousands of entrepreneurs or individuals thinking about being entrepreneurs. And so the reason I did that was because I felt like I was being helpful because, you know, I share a lot in the book about starting out. You know, I started off on $8,000. I did not go to university. Um, and I had enough to keep me afloat for six weeks. That's it. Huh. 
And I didn't have anybody who had money in my network. I don't come from money. My friends didn't have money, nor would I ever ask anybody for a cent, you know, Mm. very proud. And um, this was something I took on and I would never want to put a relationship at risk if it didn't, it didn't turn out. So that $8,000 loan was, was really what I had. Um, And so as I went through all of the challenges and having to navigate a ton of complex stuff. And when I mean complex stuff, I'm not talking just about your year end and legal stuff. I'm talking about managing people, growing a business, being a company in which people want to not only do business with, but they want to work at and they want to stay with. Um, and then, you know, throwing in, you know, being a mom, right? There's a ton of factors and there's a ton of things that I went through that I secretly struggled. I felt like a loser most of the time. I either went from one day feeling like, wow, this is going to take off. Amazing, right? I'm going to be able to hire so many people in the next quarter to the very next day, something falling apart and feeling like, oh my God, are we going to have to sell the house? Um, how embarrassing this is, you know, everyone knows how hard I've worked and it didn't work out. Um, you know, like, so you can go, you can go from crazy, um, a dreamy state, the most positive mindset, you know, everything's going to work out and be wonderful to the next day or the next month feeling like you're failing. And those aren't things that you necessarily call up your friend and go, Hey, can you, can you chat about this? Because a, they can't relate P you don't really want to burden them with your stuff. Um, and so I, you know, I, I carried a lot, I carried a lot on my own and, you know, that was the motivation for writing the book is that there are ups and downs. And oftentimes when you buy a book, what is it talking about? I've made it look at me. Um, I raised this much, this was my exit, and that's great. But that doesn't actually represent the majority of the entrepreneurs and business owners out there. Um, It's a different story for us. And I wanted a book that was actually real, you know, and that somebody could read and hopefully learn some things that they might want to apply to their business. So something that's practical. And be in depression for a week or so. Being depressed. I, not. <laughs> no, I mean, because of all of all of the failures, <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, so I will have so much failures. I am depressed. No, but it talks about the um, the failures, but also how it feels when you get through it, and how you develop, and how because you develop, your company develops, your people develop, and things just grow, and they grow in a really healthy way. Um, and so that's what inspired me to write the book because, um, following a lot of my talks, I would get feedback. I would get like a thank you. Can you, can you talk to me again? Or, um, that, you know, you've, you've like, you've really connected with me. I'm feeling really stuck right now. Um, and those types of things. So it was really the, the, the purpose of it. And it's, it's really nice to have it done. Um, it's doing, it's selling really well and there's been a tremendous amount of support and, and positive feedback on it. So, um, so that's, that was the did you, did you, Sorry, did you, did you have, uh, uh, did you have any kind of support? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I worked with Scribe and they were uh -huh. an incredible partner. Yeah. And they um, helped you going. They, they helped. Mm -hmm. um, they helped capture a lot. And then really, though, um, you know, it's the author that goes and makes it their own. So they do a lot of fact finding. You go through, you know, your timeline. And that was an interesting part of the process is having to, <laughs> to go back and revisit some of the things that were kind of tough and talk about them again. Um, you know, so. Um, so it was a really great process um, and a fantastic experience. And, you know, the hope is that entrepreneurs connect with it and they get some value out of it. When I look back and I think about, you know, what I would have maybe have done earlier or have done differently, um, I always like to, you know, to share some thoughts that would be perhaps helpful um, to listeners who might be, you know, going through an interesting challenge right now. But I mean, one is definitely, as I think that investing in yourself as an entrepreneur is so important and it's something that tends to get neglected. Um, and I don't mean investing yourself in things, although that's, that can be great too, and go for it if you can afford it. I mean, investing in your development. When you're an entrepreneur, you're responsible for signing checks, right? You are paying people. And because of that position that we're in, we often don't get feedback. We actually are walking around mostly with a lot of unawareness of how people actually, you know, feel about us as people, but how are we as leaders? How are we on follow through, on acknowledging people? How do we make them feel? Um, and so when you're not getting that feedback, you're not growing. And um, I was actually a really insecure young entrepreneur because, and I wasn't insecure because I was threatened by people I was hiring. I was insecure because I felt like I was inadequate for them. And, you know, I've got these great people and, oh my gosh, am I capable of leading them? Do they like me? And I realized very quickly when I went through leadership training that although my staff liked me, there's a huge difference between being liked and being respected. Uh -huh. And they didn't respect me and I didn't deserve their respect. I was, you know, passive aggressive. I was demanding. I had really high expectations. Um, I would start projects and I wouldn't complete them. I would partially delegate with not a lot of information to actually do something in a, in a, in a good, solid, completed way. And, you know, I wasn't acknowledging people and they didn't feel as though I was consistent or fair. Well, it and, was, uh, it was ego issues re related to fear and uh, there are a lot of things. Yeah. It's not just investing in yourself, investing in, in leadership development, and creating a culture that thrives on feedback, both giving and receiving it. And, you know, receiving it with gratitude, not with defensiveness, um, and, um, and, and, and look for opportunities to grow, but also just understanding where's your sector today, um, and what do you need to do to stay relevant?
Who I was when I started the business and who I am now. Um, although some things remain the same, my sense of humor, um, my, my constant ideas that I get. Um, and, um, you know, I'm still, I could still challenge people and that's okay. Um, you know, friction is good. Healthy friction is good. And I think great things come out of it. Um, but areas that I've changed is, you know, just how I was showing up and a lot of the behaviors that my team voiced that they didn't particularly, uh, respect or enjoy about me. A lot of that came down to, I was being secretive about all of the things that were keeping me up at night. I wasn't sharing because I didn't want to worry them. I didn't want to put my problems on them because I was the entrepreneur. That was my role to have all these challenges. And as soon as I went to leadership training, I got a lot of feedback from my team, ex-employees, you name it. And um, some of these shortcomings and issues were brought forward to me. I made a decision at that point in time that moving forward, I was gonna be a lot more transparent and that they actually can handle it and they want it, and they're going to probably come back with some really incredible solutions, and that I need to be okay with showing my vulnerability. Um, and so from that point forward, I've been honest about everything, very, very transparent, um, and, and been aware of how I'm showing up as a leader on my good days, on my bad days, and making sure there is some consistency there. You can find the book on Amazon. So it's called uh, Just Go With It, Navigating the Ups and Downs in Entrepreneurship. And my personal website for speaking or if you want to check out any of my ink columns is mandy-gilbert.com. And uh, Creative Niche is, well, it's creativeniche.com. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review.